The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Brown Table Talk. My name is DC Marshall. I am CEO of Diverse and Engaged. I'm a Wall Street alum and most recently named top WBE CEOs. And I'm here with my co-host, Mita. Hi, everyone. I'm Mita Malik. I'm a business leader. I'm a DEI executive. And most importantly, I'm a working mother. And Mita and I, we started this podcast really to spill the tea and really to tap into everything women of color in the workplace for business leaders, for corporate leaders, for executives and professionals from my perspective as a Black woman and from her perspective as a South Asian woman. And so at our table, we unpack, you know, all things juicy all things unheard or unspoken about our experiences, then we provide you with tips that you need and that we all need, not just to survive, but to also thrive in organizations. So Mita, what are we talking about on today's show? Okay. What are we going to be talking about today at the Brown Table Talk? D, you ready? I'm ready. We are going to be talking about how to stop being treated like a token the lonely only, no more diversity dressing. D and I are going to get into it. We have some juicy stories to share, to unpack and discuss. And like always, we will leave you with those five tips, the five takeaways on how to not be treated like a token. And D, I am just swirling in my head over the story you shared, the jaw-dropping story that you had called me to talk to me about a few weeks ago, and I still can't believe it. So we all need to hear the story and discuss it. Yeah. So I was in a meeting. It, it always starts with a business meeting, right? I was in a meeting. <laughs> I was in a meeting and my colleague, you know, across the room on Zoom tells me, hey, D, you know, I used your photo in one of my presentations. And I don't even know what she said after that. I was just so, I, I'm just like, wait, What? What do you mean? And so my colleague used my image in a presentation deck, perhaps. I don't even know who the audience was. In fact, I, I do think it was a business negotiation. So it could have been a pitch deck. And I was so floored. And so, you know, I, I was so caught off guard because I was I was just so offended at like, how dare you use my image? And what I, Mita, remember, I called you like, I'm not a stock photo. I am not Google black not woman. Do not Google black woman and D Marshall's face. Oh, she looks good. Let me slip her into my deck. So I was just so put off. And I'm going to share that I think an experience that a lot of us have, it's like, then what do you do? Because you don't want to respond because then there's this whole weird, awkward energy. There's tension in the room. Right. Um, I didn't want to, you know, react in the moment, but I was clearly offended and just, and I just thought, how dare. And from a black woman's perspective, the reason this is super sensitive for me, and I know you know this, Mita as well as for other Black women, because she's a white woman 
And the backdrop of my people and people who look like me is we were brought to this country in 1619, Black people, and Black people did not own themselves. They were owned by the people of this land, white people. And so whenever you have those kinds of interactions, not only is it hurtful and offensive, but the historical context, it, it was her blind spot that she could do what she wanted to do to use me for her gain. Say, ouch, somebody. It was using me, right? Without asking for permission. How many, right, of us Mita as Black and Brown women, where they use our ideas, our image, our likeness without permission as if they are the authority. And while this was a colleague, I knew it wasn't an evil intended slight. It was her blind spot. I'm not making excuses, but I am also giving uh, space for the, you know, I think both the beauty and the flaw of this country. She just didn't know. So let me stop here, Mita. Help me out here because you know I get super. Here's the thing about the story and here's the thing about our listeners. I know we have a lot of people listening. We have women of color professionals. We also have allies. And so to the allies who are on your journey listening to the story, for those of you who might have thought the request was a compliment, it was a compliment. D, you're so smart and funny and pretty. I just wanted to use your image in this deck. What's the problem? Like, why are you offended? And so I want all of you to unpack and listen to what D just said. Because it is about the historical context. It is about ownership. And it is about that theme that has been in our country for centuries. And so that's when people say to me, well, I don't understand systemic racism. I don't understand why the institution and history of slavery still matters. This is why it matters. So for you who are listening on your journey to be an ally, this is what's... Because I do think there is a level of... But it's a compliment. I'm complimenting you. Why are you offended that I'm using your image? You should you should be happy. You should thank me. You should thank me for using your image. Yeah. So, and you know what, Mita, you know, I think if we didn't have the history in this country that we have, then it would be a compliment. And so I think the disconnect for our allies who are tuned in, and I really, um, I know what Mita, when we thought about the show and who we wanted to serve, we wanted to serve brown women, right? Black women, brown women, whether you're South Asian, whether you're Latina, whether you identify as Native American, but but we really wanted to hold the space for all of us. But we also said for allies. And so I love that you were able to tease it out. But yeah, the reason why there's relevance is because of the cultural, the historical context. If you remove that, it would be a compliment, right? If we did not have- Absolutely. Right? It would be a compliment. That's the difference. Yep. Yep. And, And this for leaders who are here and how this conversation helps, um, I think, leaders, executives, allies raise your leadership in terms of seeing through a multicultural lens. Like it raises your awareness and your ability to not just see through your lens, but to also see through a multicultural lens. Like I'm wearing frames. Just imagine now when you see things, second guess yourself. That's okay to second guess yourself and put on a different lens and, you know, try to see things differently. And so 
So there's that. But you know what, Mita, I want to I want to uh, move over into this uh, and, and really ask you a question. We've talked a lot about diversity dressing and you are so good. Oh, my goodness. On all social. I would say for everybody, follow Mita everywhere, but particularly on LinkedIn. But you also started playing on IG. And whenever I see you, all of your messaging is you are on DNI Watch. You notice everything in the marketplace that major brands are doing. So I want you to talk a little bit about from, from the brand perspective and what are you seeing in the marketplace around this area of diversity dressing? Yes. So you heard it here first. We're coining this diversity dressing. And so what does this mean? And then Dee, I want to come back to you because you've got some great stories about how this shows up in corporate and in organizations. But here's what diversity dressing looks like. I'm on Instagram following a beauty brand and they have a beautiful image of a very dark skinned black woman. Beautiful image. And I believe as a marketer, when you lead with an insight for black women, you solve for all women of color. Because I know if that works on her skin tone, it's going to work on my skin tone. And then I'm doing the research. They don't have any foundations for dark-skinned women. So that's diversity dressing. I mean, it is like, so you want to focus on diversity of representation. You want to focus on that in terms of your content. Yet your products don't actually serve the audience, right? And so we've seen this over and over again. I wrote a piece in Harvard Business Review on how marketing still has a problem with colorism. So you can't be sharing pictures of dark-skinned women if your beauty products don't serve them. Full stop. That's diversity dressing. Yep. Another yep. really interesting piece from Vogue Business. Vogue Business talking about how on fashion runways, there is now this move for inclusive sizing on the runway, but you actually don't have the clothing that I can buy that is inclusive sizing. Yet you are showing that you serve all different shapes and sizes, diversity dressing. Right, right. It's incongruent, right? Yes. It's, it's out of alignment. It's a disconnect. It's incongruent. That's, that's the bottom line. That's the dressing. There's an image and a perception that Yep, you fixed the diversity thing on the front end, on the back end. Check, check, check. That's right. That's right. And so it's disconnect, out of alignment, incongruent. And it's because, Mita, would you agree, typically there isn't any diverse representation inside of the organization, the agency. And when there is a diverse or some sort of diverse representation within the organization, they are not in charge. They are not authorized. They are not the final decision maker. And so we have to make sure when there are people, first of all, that there are people of color in the room, but they have both a voice and a vote. And that's when there's a disconnect with the diversity dressing. A voice and a vote. Uh, years ago, I was in color cosmetics, creating all sorts of amazing eyeshadows, blushes, lipsticks. Doesn't work on my skin tone. This doesn't work on my skin tone. And again, I was there working on it, but I my voice did not carry weight. I was too junior in the organization. So they wanted to have lovely, diverse images of individuals using the products. And I'm like, hey, here I am as the marketer working on it, and there's not enough pigmentation. It doesn't show up on my skin tone. So D, I know there's a lot happening in the marketplace, but let's pivot back to organizations and corporate and how tokenism shows up, because you have another 
jaw-dropping story. We've got stories upon stories. We have stories for days. But go for this story because I need to I need to unpack this. Yeah, we have stories for days, but we only have, you know, a short time for our podcast. So that's why you should always pl- plug in. Um, the story goes, uh, executive of color, a Black woman, was on a major project but was not included in on the meetings for the project. And so the person in charge, and this is not a jab at our white girlfriends who are here with us. This is not a jab, but the project owner was a white woman. And then there was a black executive in the project and the white woman did not include the black woman in the meetings. And guess what happened? However, on the press release, the Black woman's name was listed in the press release. Wait, say that again. The Black woman who was not on the project, but she was identified on the project on the press release. So the press release is going out, going out to the world to say, hey, we got this wonderful, amazing Black woman. And I'm going to tell you something. When I tell you she's not only a high-level, high-ranking, high-profile, she's Black 44. She comes from the Obama administration. She is super educated. She is super boss. But a lot of times, that's the problem. That is a problem with Black women, South Asian women. And we're not talking about it on this show, but we're going to talk about it again. It's a problem for us, Mita, I told you, more so because of Madam Vice President. She represents so much for us as Black women and South Asian women, but she also has now magnified in some ways the genius, the value of South Asian and Black women. I need to take a breath. (laughs) Of course. So let's recap. This high-ranking Black woman executive, incredible, is on this project, but not on the project because she's kept out of all the rooms, kept off the list, not in any of the meetings, not invited, no seat at the table. Okay. That's right. And then the press release goes out and she's on the press release. Listed her name. And it it was a high profile. Diversity dressing. Yep. That's diversity dressing. You heard it first. Mita Malik. She coined it. Diversity dressing. Wow. Listen, friend, that got you stumped. I mean, you know, we share. I'm, I'm like, just, I don't get stumped often, but that to me, that hurts. It does. I, I like, I hurt for that. I hurt for, for your colleague, but let's, let me take it back. Let's explain it to our allies listening. Okay. But Hey, she wasn't in any of the meetings. We saved her time. She's still getting credit. What do you say to that D? No, it's diminishing her value. You know, I love me too. I'm so glad we started this show. We are serving. <laughs> Cause I like you do this, you know, I don't, I don't like the, the, the analogy, like the devil's advocate, but I love that you're holding the space for ally or you're making the case for a different perspective of how our allies could be thinking about things and not seeing the, you know, the fail in it, if you will. So no, it is, it is demeaning and devaluing if, if I am here and you are not welcoming, respecting, open to my voice, my opinion, my thoughts, and my ideas. So you have me here as a token, as presence, um, to be able to leverage my face and my name, but you don't want my ideas. Because if you were accepting of my ideas, or if you invited me into the room, right, then my genius may shine through. And that's uncomfortable and awkward for others in the room. So that's why it's not okay, Mita. I know you're 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 helping out our allies here, but that's why. It's not okay. Yeah. 
But for everyone listening, I know we've all been through something like this and I hurt for your colleague. And that's why we have to unpack and share these stories so we can learn from them. And it's actually de-interesting. The other coin or the other side of one of our other podcast episodes, which you must listen to, which is talking about how to stop your work from getting stolen and get credit and receive credit for your talent and value. And here's the flip of an incredibly talented woman who is blocked out of all the meetings. They don't want her ideas, yet they're they're giving her the credit and setting her up as diversity dressing. So let, let that set in because there are two sides. I, I know we don't have enough time, but I thought about another thing. And I thought about this for, for allies and for everybody listening. You know, I think we are in such a, a unique place. We call it diversity 3.0 and uh, um, post-diversity tipping point that these things are becoming more and more hot topic and more and more uh, amplified, right? As corporations are attempting to do deeper work in terms of, they say systemic racism, but it's not that, it's culture, right? Workplace culture. And so be aware that these things you know, there's only a matter of time before these things become really, I'm going to say they come to the forefront. And and I think we're going to see changes where this is no longer acceptable. I think we're in a place of extending a little bit of grace in some instances, but with Gen Y and the largest emerging domestic market being people of color, 51% of the largest emerging market being 51% people of color, that is age 18, I think, to 45, we have to be really mindful that these things will no longer be acceptable. We will no longer be treated like tokens. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tomer Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. uh, We'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. And so, we had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. All right, Mita. So now that we are coming to the end, we have to leave with tips, action, and how do we do better? So what tips can you share on spotting diversity dressing? Because I we know you're on watch, but we need to help others spot diversity dressing. 
and how to not be treated like a token. Yes. So let's do our five tips. I'm going to take you through one, two, and three. Number one, this is very timely, Dee. If you are looking for a job, actively looking, get the offer first and go back to listen to our podcast on how to negotiate the best offer for yourself. So number one, get the offer and then start to ask the questions. Do you have a CDO? Where are you on your DE&I journey? I'd like to understand what your thoughts are on diversity representation once you get the offer. Many of us, the reality is, as the world is changing, for now, we are the lonely onlys. But you have to be comfortable, I always say, with being the lonely only. So ask the question. Number two tied to that, Google. LinkedIn, check out your future employer, what their public statements and commitments have been like. If you are working for a beauty company, looking to join them, and they have a picture of a dark-skinned woman, and yet they have no foundations that match for her diversity dressing, right? And number three, always, always inside an organization, this is my tip, ask people and invite people to the table and let them know the circumstances in which they're being included so they are not being tokenized. Let me give you an example. I can remember walking into a room, being invited into a very senior meeting. I had no idea what the project was about. It wasn't even in my remit, not in my division. I walk in, I sit down, 25 people at the table. You know, you know, do you do the scan? Oh, I'm the only one only person of color. Now listen, it was a fantastic project, but I wish someone had said to me, Mita, you're an incredible storyteller. You're an incredible brand builder. This is not something that you are on, but we want to invite you to the table. And by the way, we want you to know we are working on fixing diversity of representation. And so upfront, and I would have loved, loved to have served on that committee and it would have left a much better taste in my mouth. And I would have been signed up from the beginning. Don't surprise me and invite me in. And I'm the, the only one. And number four is educate. So, yes, you know, in a lot of ways, again, some of the, the, the stickiness and the tension and the awkwardness of the daily slights, the microaggressions, the exclusive behavior, they come from others who um, aren't necessarily always evil and mean intended, um, right? They have good intentions, but it's just a blind spot. And so educate is number four. And so what it may, it may sound like is, you know, may I offer some insight and or feedback? And as a Black woman, speak from your identity. Just say, as a Black woman, as a, a Latina, as a Native American, as a South Asian woman, here's some insight, right? And so, so, so that's, what, that's how you can frame and educate let me go to number five. Okay. Number five. I'm not a stock photo. I'm not a stock photo. Just tell people, Hey, hello. No, this is not okay. I am not a stock photo. In other words, number five is if you are asked, if someone asks you to use your image or your likeness, you know, particularly a, a photo, an image, because you're Asian, because you are Native American, because you are even Muslim, we didn't even go into faith and religion. We're just talking about of color. Tell them, no, I'm not a stock photo. But if you'd like to engage me for some uh, mutually beneficial win-win opportunity where I get paid and you get paid, not where you benefit and I lose, I'm not here for that, okay? That's number five, okay? I need a breath. Number five, there you go. 
You heard it here first. One, <laughs> two, three, four, and D5. Wow. I'm going to let that settle in. I am not your stock photo. I am not your token. Thank you for joining us today at the Brown Table Talk as we talked about how to stop from being treated like a token. And as DC Marshall says, I am not your stock photo. If you enjoyed this conversation, please like, share, drop in a review, and we will see you next time. Thank you all. 